Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the Greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. Our show is a great way to expand your village and fill your parental toolbox with as many resources as possible. I'm Genevieve Kyle. I'm your host here on Parent Talk, as well as On Les Parents Parle, which is Parent Talk New French Edition. I'm 43-year-old, and I am a mom of two boys, Alexandre, who is two and a half, and Nathan, who is less than one-year-old. Because April is Oral Health Month, we decided to talk about how to take care of your children's teeth. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi everybody, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am 41 years old and mom to Hudson, who is two and a half, and baby Madeline, who is um, just newborn right now, just a few weeks. Awesome. Hi, everyone. I'm Shannon Derrick. I'm a mom to two little boys, three and one, and I'm a registered dental hygienist. Hi, everyone. My name is Cheryl Lee, and I'm a 33-year-old mom. I have two little ones who are three and one, and I'm a registered dental hygienist. Hi, everyone. My name is Manrup Ferraro. I'm 29 years old. I have a one-and-a-half-year-old son at home, and one on the way, and I'm a uh, registered dental hygienist as well. Well, thank you, ladies, for being here. I have a full house of hygienists. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, my first question, and let's start with uh, Shannon, is um, so how, what do you do? How do you take care of your children's teeth? Well, a good question. Um, we've got two at home, so it's it's been a struggle for both. I am a dental hygienist whose children hate having their teeth brushed, so it's a battle. But I know the you know it's in a vital uh, piece to the the routine. So we uh, we strap them down, we stick the toothbrush in the mouth, try to make it fun um, with my son who's three. We try to get him to sing and laugh, and we go that route first. If that's successful, then great. If not, then I just keep going until we get some cries, and unfortunately, it uh, it can end as a battle, but at least we're doing it. Um, I also use one of those toothbrushes that lights up so that I know exactly how long I'm brushing his teeth for. Um, you know, the recommendations being two minutes. So I try to do a full minute for the bottom, full minute for the top. And uh, for our little guy who's a year, um, he absolutely detests having his teeth brushed no matter what I do. So again, I just try to get him to cry as much as he can because it's hard to pull those lips and cheeks and everything out of the way. So we do our best and we get the job done. <laughs> and for you, Cheryl. So I have two little ones at home. My son's three and a half. And uh, from what I can remember, um, one of the tricks that I used for him was I had two toothbrushes. So I gave him one and and he can, you know, get used to putting the toothbrush in his mouth and 
try to, you know, it was mostly gumming it at first, but uh, just getting the hang of putting the his his toothbrush in his mouth, and then I would follow up with uh, with brushing his teeth. And um, at first, it was it was a complete struggle, but you know, when they're crying, at least their mouth is open, so you can you can get in there. Um, for my one year old, so she actually didn't get teeth until she was 10 months old. So, so I wasn't one of those good moms that took a cloth to wipe the gums at all. I just, I didn't do it. And so when you have a two year old running around, it's, it's kind of the last thing on your mind. But, um, when she had her first tooth come out, then, then I, you know, started brushing it and it's, you know, it just, she loves, she loves doing it like brushing her teeth. She loves the toothbrush in her mouth. And so I just put the smallest rice grain amount of, of I use a fluoride toothpaste and uh, and I brush brush her teeth with it. And for you, Manrup, what do you do for your family? Uh, so for our son, it started off, um, I mean, he was probably five and a half months when he started to get his first um, tooth at the bottom there. And so we... We definitely used a cloth to clean out his mouth, especially at bath time. It drove me nuts seeing the white on his tongue. And so, yeah, we we started with a cloth. And then when his teeth came in, we started brushing a little bit with the finger toothbrush. And then I think when he was about six months, we started using a fluoride toothpaste for him. And sometimes, you know, most times I would probably say it's just like once a day, realistically. Uh, I know it's a goal to do better, but um, sometimes that's all we get. And it is a struggle. I mean, I think it was, I mean, he's almost a year and a half half now, and it was just probably yesterday or the day before that he didn't cry when we brushed his teeth. But um, I'm sure he cried today. (laughs) For you, Heather, um, what do you do? So um, I had lots of good intentions. (laughs) I had, um, I even was given a, from a mom and baby fair, it was like a cloth that fit on your finger. So like you didn't have the excess fabric. It was so easy. And I did it maybe twice. (laughs) 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 And then he had two teeth by five months and I was like, okay, I really actually have to do this. And I have a couple of good friends who are dental hygienists. And, um, so they recommended, you guys recommended (laughs) It's you guys. Um, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not somebody else. Um, doing a, an electric toothbrush or a battery powered, whatever. And so I went and bought a little kid's one. It's like a Cars. I've got Lady McQueen on it. Not that he even has a clue that it's real. But I was like, okay, it's fun. It's red. It's bright. Anyways, he loved it and he loved playing with it. Um, And it was great when we would do this on the couch, but then when I was like, oh, we're getting a better bedtime routine now, and we moved it up to the bathroom, yeah. So the toothbrush, who cares about that when there's a shiny faucet in front of you? (laughs) So I've got to readjust some things, and we definitely, like, I lost momentum, and it, yeah, and then just with other things happening, brushing is not happening daily. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I got to get back because he's working on number seven right now in the teeth department. So. Yeah, get back on it. <laughs> yeah, we fell off the wagon. Got to get back on it. <laughs> For um, 
my family, um, what we have been doing. Uh, first of all, Alex didn't get his teeth until he was 10 and a half months old, right? But actually, I started earlier. I was told that if you use those like finger toothbrush or just regular, very baby toothbrush, like the, the zero to like one-year-old, two-year-old, uh, it helps with teething. So I did it from like six months on because I started doing fluoride at six months, even though we didn't have teeth. So I would put a bit of fluoride on it and I would brush his gum and brush around. And and honestly, I don't know if it helped with teething or not, but I why not, right? So, and uh, we um, eventually went for the electric toothbrush when he started having teeth. And I started by showing him how I brush my teeth with my electric toothbrush. I was kind of playing with it. And of course... Little babies are curious. They want to grab anything you have in your hand, right? So that was, he really wanted to play with my toothbrush. I got his own and uh, he put it by himself in his mouth a few times here and there. And the next day, yeah, he will still do it again. And then after a week later, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. So I, I find now I have to play. Like I do have my electric toothbrush. I do have um, my little mini uh, baby toothbrush. Uh, with bristles and everything. Another thing that I have used actually is um, at the beginning when he didn't have teeth is there's like those toothbrush for bean sprouts and there's a stopper on the neck. So it's like a round stopper. So you, they can actually grab the toothbrush and the entire brush is silicone. So they can bite on it. They can teeth on it. And he actually, I think it felt pretty good on his gum because he really liked it. And because of the, the stopper, he cannot put it really deep in his mouth. So it's kind of having a big like... Um, plate and a stick in the middle and that's it right mm -hmm. so um much much smaller obviously so you would play with it then you couldn't put it to d but you have to watch because sometimes they can the two they can twist the toothbrush around and the other side the stopper obviously is on the other end right so i would not recommend leave them with that like unsupervised because if they fall with them and having it in their mouth i think they can definitely uh, like injure their throat or soft palate so i did um let him play with that with me for a while to be prior to have teeth. Even even though even at the beginning when I, with teeth with teething, I actually really like that when the teeth were just coming in, he would really like to chew on that like silicone toothbrush. But now um, he is uh, one year old, and uh, it's definitely a battle. So a little bit <laughs> the same in line with everybody here. Like if he cries, then I definitely take advantage of that moment. Mouth is open, and I just brush like crazy, and I get in there, and I have to. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen, right? And I think I want to say to everybody, if you have to do this, don't feel guilty. It's okay. They need to get their teeth brushed. They don't understand. They need us. Your children will not have a full dexterity to brush their teeth by themselves until they're 12 years old. So often I see patients and uh, I'm told, oh, he's five now. He's responsible of his teeth. It's his body. Well, I've got news for you. Like they're way too young and they need, they need us parents to uh, brush their teeth after right so that's what i do with alex and i use uh yeah i use toothpaste with fluoride twice a day the tom's natural toothpaste twice a day i use the adult one the mint flavor so uh, he gets used to it right away so i guess my next question for everybody here is uh as a dental professional what do you recommend to your clients let's start with shannon well, of course, so you recommend the brushing twice a day for two minutes, but 
come on, people, let's be realistic here. When you're rushing out the door, trying to get your kids to their various daycares or schools or whatnot, it's not happening. Or if it is happening, your children are probably doing it themselves. So I've had a lot of conversations with parents and it seems like the consensus is let the kids do it in the morning. I'm, and I'm talking about your your five-year-old um, upwards, obviously not a, a toddler, um, but a child that's going to school. Um, let them explore their own mouth and you know brush their teeth in the morning, sure supervised, of course, because if they are using a fluoride toothpaste, you don't want them ingesting too much. And, you know, do it together as a family. Everyone in the bathroom, brush your teeth. But at night, it's really important that the parent does get involved and does the full two-minute brush really get in there. And again, if your kid is fighting it, it's better to fight back with them, get it done. If you have to, you know, hold their, have one parent hold their arms down, the other parent actually do the brushing, it's a lot more beneficial than letting them go without. And for you, Cheryl, what do you recommend to clients? Yeah, no, I think that what Shannon said is is uh, is really good. You know, we we also recommend that you you try to get the floss in there as well when when they have teeth that are touching. You know, a lot of kids come in and and their parents are you know they're you know we're busy you know and with the schedules and stuff. But you know, the the nice thing with with floss is that they have those floss sticks. And those little floss sticks are, are easy to use. I use those with my son and, you know, I tried to use the string floss on him and it was just, it's just messy. It's a nightmare. Just, you know, the floss sticks are easy. They can, it can be done like before or after they brush and, and they can kind of get the hang of putting it in their mouth. But, but, but having the parent there to, to follow up with that and, and make sure that you're cleaning in between their teeth is, is pertinent. Mm-hmm. And for you, man, Rube. So kind of basically what Shannon and Cheryl both said, that's kind of what we recommend, brushing twice a day, morning and night uh, for two minutes. Sometimes we recommend singing happy birthday twice or singing the alphabet twice, or you can get those cute little timers, the little sand timers. Sometimes that makes it a little bit more fun for them. And then just like Cheryl was mentioning, the flossing is super important because a lot of times we actually don't take x-rays on kids. Uh, the films or the sensors in the office are a little bit too big until they're about six or seven years old. And by that time, typically they'll have both of their molars have already come in. And so if you're kind of looking at those molars and they've been in their mouth for maybe five years and you haven't flossed, visually we won't be able to see when we take those x-rays, you can now see in between the teeth. And that's usually when we end up finding that there is decay, unless it's gotten big enough that you can actually see. Um, so flossing is super important. And we definitely give out those floss sticks to a lot of the patients. The other thing um, that's kind of handy is brushing a technique. Uh, sometimes, you know, like parents, you can't get in there really well, or if the kids are doing it, and you're not going in there after, there is a lot of plaque left behind. So what I find handy is those little tablets. So they're like little purple or pink tablets where we sometimes recommend, you know, you chew half of it and then it will actually highlight where you know, the kids are missing brushing. So it's I kind of loved good. those when I was yeah, little. the disclosing tablets, right? Yeah. 
Um, just to the tablets are great. They also have a mouth rinse now too. Oh yeah. Parents beware your sinks will get messy, but it's for a good cause. What I have been recommending to my uh, patients is uh, teach them to be responsible. So when I have a family, I basically tell them, I need you to make sure you remind mommy to brush your teeth after. So you're going to be doing a really good job. You're going to go to the front, the back, the tongue side, the cheek side. And then mommy's going to take the toothbrush and she's going to go around everywhere. And I say mommy, but it's daddy too, right? And um, often the children will go home and I mean, I don't know how long it would really last, but I think it's putting already in the context that they can't do it by themselves quite yet. And I just always like to remind the parents that they have to help their children until they're 12. And I do find that the children's families that are using electric toothbrush has way less plaque way less cavity and yeah even their teeth are wider like I think it really it's worth it to invest into a good electric toothbrush for your family another thing that I like to recommend is uh, the floss stick it's a really good thing but uh, if you don't have it how to use a, a string floss with your children you can sit on a, on a couch and you, you can sit them on the on the floor and you can ask them to basically tip their chin up so you have a better access of the upper arch of their teeth because it's really hard to go floss someone when you're standing up in the bathroom and you're trying to stick some floss on the upper molars at the back. Good luck, okay? I can't do it. Nobody can do it. So you either, or if they're laying down on their bed, ask them to tip their chin up. Usually you will be able to have a better access, but it is a bit trickier and the, the floss helpers, the floss sticks uh, helps a lot with that. And uh, I do recommend those uh, disclosing tablets like Manrup talked about. I think it's a good teaching um, little tools. Even like, uh, I mean, you can probably ask your dentist. They probably have them. And uh, I know we do at the office. We like to give them quite often. And even if it's something you do once a week. Today, it's Sunday night. We're going to check how well we're doing, right? And uh, yeah, everybody choose a tablet. And I do suggest as a parent to do it too. Because you want your children to do it, do it all together. And then they can see where you have forgotten plaque. Or, and often the new tablets, the old plaque is, is actually purple and the new plaque is actually pink. So is if you as a parent, you have like purple plaque, your children's going to tell you, let me tell you this, if, especially if they really understand the concept, right? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, <There's> no hiding. <laughs> I do say that to parents quite often. I think they, they think it's funny, but it really works if you do it together and you make it a weekly thing. And one week you do it after brushing your teeth. So you can actually look where you f- have forgotten and the week after do it before so now you know like how much plaque you have everywhere and now you have to go and brush your teeth. You have to make sure when you come back, your teeth are absolutely spotless. Don't be surprised. The disclosing tablet has quite a bit of colorant in it and your teeth might stay pink a little bit even after brushing. <laughs> I like to say that. So those, I think, good little tricks to start with. Heather, you want to say something? Yeah, I have a question. So as a, a patient going to see the dentist and hygienist over the years, um, I just remembered, like, this is, of course, even when I was little, of course, there wasn't really that many electric toothbrushes around. So, of course, it was all manual. And they would talk about different techniques of brushing manually. 
And at one point, I feel like there was a change. And I was like, what? And Because <laughs> I thought I've been doing it right all this time. So anyways, so I just want to clarify what is the actual way. Like at one point, I remember it, it was circular. Then all of a sudden, it switched. And I got in trouble. That's I was like, a very what? good question. <laughs> so yeah, so what yes. is the actual manual way to brush teeth? Up and down circles, what is it? <laughs> well, I think... Um, it, it, we just cater to the dexterity of the children, right? So at the beginning, if you ask the children to go and do like a normal stroke from up and down, let's say for the top, they can't do that, right? So at the beginning, you like to do circles or let's say you do a little train, choo-choo-choo, you know, back and forth. That's what usually I teach them on their molars, do the groove, do the side. But then eventually they will... Um, grow and they, their dexterity is going to get better to actually maybe do more like a uh, uh, circle motion and and to grow up to be able eventually to brush their teeth with a, a normal stroke right oh so it was my age yeah it's, it's, it's by dexterity <laughs> and by age <laughs> yeah. i was like but i was told to do circles all my life what do you mean so you were different? not wrong right? i wasn't wrong but she didn't explain that it was my age that i should and be even, doing something different yeah even for children uh, there's actually different toothbrushes for different age group. And the uh -huh. bristles and all toothbrushes yeah. are designed to help brushing uh, the children with their own dexterity for their age group. So uh, it's important when you buy a toothbrush, then actually if your children is one to two or zero to two or three to five, buy the right age group. It will help them having a better, better hygiene, yeah. All right, so yeah, as a new mom, um, I have heard about this baby bottle syndrome and that there's concerns with um, babies lying in bed having their bottles at night and things like that. So with my own son, I mean, we do nighttime feedings. He falls asleep to the bottle. We also are nursing, and of course, he nurses to sleep a lot. And of course, in the middle of the night, he'll nurse in the middle of the night. Um, now, I don't ever let him sleep holding his bottle like once he's done I take it away from him so I don't know if that's enough or like what is how what is the whole yeah, recommendation, recommendation. <laughs> yeah, what is the recommendation around that and how can we make it you know actual realistic to yeah. I guess it is a thing the bottle the baby bottle syndrome it's actually something then we are all teaching our clients to be careful with I, I guess I'll jump in here um Basically, if you can avoid letting your child go to bed with a bottle themselves and, you know, where they're more susceptible to keeping that bottle with the milk, um, touching their teeth constantly throughout the night. Um, myself, for both my boys, they were nursed and definitely fell asleep nursing. And you don't wake up. A sleeping baby. It's just, it's not a, you don't do it. It's just not happening. No. <laughs> no. So it, did I get in there with a cloth at like a good dental hygienist mom? No, I, we didn't, you know, we just put that baby back to bed, but it just made sure that, you know, every day they were getting their teeth brushed twice a day. And the more you brush throughout the day, the less plaque there is to begin with for the milk to adhere to. So I, you know, I say, let your child sleep. Just don't put them to bed with the bottle themselves. If you are able to just feed them with the bottle um, and then put them back down in their crib, then I think that's probably. And yeah. for you, Cheryl. Yeah. yeah. So with my, um, with my son, my three-year-old, um, he was exclusively breastfed and, and we were actually really lucky because he slept through the night from 
10 weeks and so we never had an issue (laughs) (laughs) we never had an issue with like the nighttime feeding and then with my daughter she was a little bit trickier (laughs) so she was breastfed till 10 months and then we switched her over to the bottle um and she would still wake up at night um so what I would do is I would stay up with her give her her bottle and then after just take take that ball away and then put her back in her crib. So so we never really got to that point where I was leaving the bottle in the crib with her. Um, I would sit up with her and 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 hold her while she drank her milk and then and then put her back in her crib. And for you, Manru, what have you done with uh, Enzo? Uh, so for our son, uh, he never took a bottle. He's never found comfort in a bottle. Uh, I nursed him, and he was probably honestly till 11 months nursing every two to three hours at night, which was exhausting. So of course I was not running to the bathroom and then cleaning his mouth out after I was focused on getting my sleep in too. Um, and then once he transitioned, uh, once I stopped nursing and then I started giving him uh, regular cow's milk, uh, that's when I think there was maybe a two week period where you know, he would have his milk and then he would fall asleep right away. And then I kind of started to worry. I was like, okay, I should probably now, um, you know, give the milk to him a little bit sooner, but he's also a year and a half now. So, you know, after we read books and everything, like he does have his bottle and then we will bring the toothbrush into the room and then we'll brush his teeth from, from there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the biggest concern is you just don't want to have that milk sitting in their mouth. And then let's just say the bottle is still half full and the milk is pouring into their mouth and it's pooled and sitting on the teeth all night on one side. I think that's where kind of the concern comes in. But but yeah, I mean, realistically, I know there's tons of parents out there who whose kids are, you know, having the bottle in the middle of the night and... That's just kind of the way it goes, right? I mean, they will eventually grow out of it. I think you just got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm very concerned with the baby, the baby bottle syndrome um, is when the milk is pouring down into her mouth. Like Manrit was just saying, um, the first step of digestion is in the mouth and milk is sugar. And often people don't think about that, right? So uh, milk is, is in mouth and... Um, it's basically exposing your teeth to like a lot of sugar that is just sitting there, right? And when we talk, when we move, when we do all kinds of things, well, obviously milk is just not sitting in our mouth. We're swallowing it like little babies, right? So when they're just sleeping on their side, then it, there's, so, there's so much exposition to sugar. Another thing too is uh, we're talking about milk, but um, we have to mention about uh, juices, Often juices are so high in sugar and uh, some, a lot of parents like to give, it can be in, in the bottle or a sippy cup or whatever it is, right? Then you, you, you expose your children, what you give them is, uh, if there's a lot of sugar, you have to be careful with if they fall asleep with them. I know, and yeah, you're going to the zoo and it's so much fun and all of a sudden they're sleeping with their like little cup in their mouth or little like with a straw, you know, those little like toddler, uh, mm-hmm. uh, how you call those things? Uh, sippy cups? The sippy cups, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for my son, 
which is a bit different than everybody. My son at one point when I stopped breastfeeding did not want me to give him the bottle. So I could not hold him and give him the bottle. It would have nothing to do with me. So I had to basically put him down in his crib, give him the bottle. And he would drink for a long time. Like sometimes it would take him like 10 minutes to fall asleep, 15 minutes. So I would always go and check because I didn't want him to be like with the bottle overnight. But um, when he wakes up in the middle of the night then he still wants a bottle and he still doesn't want me to hold it. And trust me, when it's three o'clock in the morning and your baby wants you to give him a bottle and you have the option to going back to bed, you go back to bed. So the solution was I would basically give him exact amount or close to it or maybe a little bit less of what he likes usually to make sure I don't leave him in the bed with a bottle full of milk or half full, right? So, but it was hard because like, I'm not going back in there waiting until he's done 25 minutes later or 20 minutes later. And of course, brushing his teeth, waking up the house, it's just not happening, right? So brushing his teeth before they go to bed and in the morning helps reducing the amount of plaque they have in their mouth, less bacteria they have in their mouth, less less incidence of cavities, I guess. And then, uh, so that's definitely something in my family that uh, I'm, I'm really aware of. Because Alex love is bottle, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes, Shannon, you want to add something? Um, just for, so we're primarily focusing on the babies, but for toddlers who are, you know, using sippy cups and whatnot, one of the things that I do do for my son is I, you know, I give him milk with his meals just so that you aren't constantly introducing those sugars to their teeth throughout the day constantly. If you can time it with their meal, then you're, you know, it's one less acid attack against the teeth. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to understand how cavity works. It's like if you're going to have something, you have it all at once, like Shannon was just saying, instead of like always like, do you want a snack? Do you want, I mean, I'm not saying snack are bad, snack are good, right? Especially if you have, like, I mean, Alex, often I have to feed him almost five times a day because he likes to eat like a little munchkin and then that's it. There's nothing to do. And then, well, let's try again. Well, I'm aware it's a little bit more exposition of like acid from, uh, the food or a plaque or like anything that is forming there. But uh, yeah, definitely um, something to think about, like brushing your teeth a little bit more often. But I know it's hard, right? We all like, let's be honest here. Sometimes it's, you're not walking around with a toothbrush in your purse <laughs> and running after your kids, brushing your teeth, like at the mall or, you know, after meals anywhere you go, it's just not happening. It can be helpful to have water after meals, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies, uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. I think it's time for a conversation card, Heather. Can you please pick one and read it to us? All right, everybody. So what is one goal you hope to accomplish this year? So we'll just say within a year from now, not necessarily the year, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Over the next 12 months. Oh, that's a good one. Um, (laughs) I would say it would probably be getting up north to uh, Williams Lake to visit family that um, my both my sons have yet to meet. Oh, what do I want to accomplish? Oh, I don't even know <laughs> in the next year. I think um, putting a new sink in my kitchen. <laughs> this is completely I've realistic always, for a mom. I've always wanted a farm sink. Oh, oh yes. And, oh. and so so that's my goal for the next year. And for you, Manru? Okay, so for me, in the next year, 
I think transitioning my son, who's a year and a half, out of our bed into his own because I think there's going to be, it's going to be a little bit too crowded. So I'm not looking forward to it because, I mean, I do enjoy my cuddles with him. Um, but my husband, me, our dog, and our son, and then if we have another one, we're going to need like a double king. A double king, right? <laughs> totally. And for you, Heather. Um, for me, um, we recently moved and um, and of course, with having a baby and just life has been a little bit chaotic. And so I'd really like over the next year to get kind of everything like in order, like kind of get a handle on meal planning, which will in turn help me get back in shape as well from baby weight and things like that. So yeah, to kind of complete, kind of get us into a nice family routine of actually meal planning and being a little bit more organized, um, having everything kind of set up that way grocery shopping not because we have zero food in the house but because I actually oh we need to go pick up a few items (laughs) yeah so getting a little more in order Mm -hmm. for me actually it's relating to this podcast I really uh want to get uh this podcast accessible for a lot of moms and dads out there and uh create something that uh people like and enjoy and feel inclusive and uh, then they actually emailing us and telling us what they want to hear, which subject they would like to talk about, like questions. I just really want to create something that is very interactive. I've been working really hard at this with Heather too and uh, with everybody too that comes on the podcast and share their expertise and their stories. Uh, we couldn't do it without them. But uh, this is what I'm, this is definitely my main uh, personal target, and, and it's to make a difference in people's life. Mm-hmm. I think, like, I think this is an amazing community project that's going to grow even outside of our community. All right, well, that concludes today's episode. So thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Manru. Thank you, Heather, for being here. Thank you for your contribution into other parents' lives. For our listeners, the conversation continues on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook, and you can subscribe to this podcast on our website or on iTunes so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents by sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Thank you for listening, everybody, and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.